Hey there. Oh, man. I'm trying to contain my excitement. Um, some news to share with you in just a second. Before I do, we are in a new series on the podcast. We're going to stay in it for a bit. I'll probably break it up with some episodes here and there that I'm just dying to share with you. But for now, the series that we're in is an interview style series with people that I've had the privilege of working with. And you're going to learn from them and their stories about what it means for them to live out a secure identity. And that will no doubt spill over into your life. So I look forward to you meeting these people. We also get to talk a little bit about the newest book, thestuckbook.com. So uh, what a fun way for these cool people to say yes and give of their time and energy to do these. Now, the thing that I'm really excited to tell you about before we get into this interview is that we've uh, publicly launched thesightshiftacademy.com, thesightshiftacademy.com. And what the Sight Shift Academy is, it's a leadership academy, an online leadership academy. We launched it with six courses. So yeah, I am, uh, I've been a little busy lately. We poured a ton into this, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced in managing yourself and others, in leading yourself and others, because those are, uh, you know, those are different. Uh, maybe you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced in your self-development and awareness and growing yourself as a human being, wherever you're at, will move you further in this academy. So you got to go check out the page, see how robust it is, see all that's going on there. Um, there's a ton. And that's where I'm really diving into now developing content for that and then serving organizations that we've launched it to as they uh, let their teams and employees go through it. So look forward to hearing what you think about that, thesightshiftacademy.com. For now, let's jump into this interview and uh, look forward to hearing from you what you learned from it. Uh, Thanks for being here at the podcast. Peace. Welcome, everybody. So glad you're here. I say that phrase all the time because I mean it. You're listening, and that means a ton. And I've got another special guest today. And what's cool for me with this series that we're doing right now where you're getting to meet people I've worked with is I get to know them and their uniqueness and how special they are, where they stand apart, what makes them who they are. And you're going to get to know them through these episodes. And so today I want to introduce you to my friend, John Weaver. John, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Uh, awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It's going to be fun because, uh, you know, everybody has such a different context of experience and, and who they are in their lives and what they go through. And um, I just appreciate the way that you look at things in a very deep way and try to break it apart. And so no doubt we'll get into some of that in our chat today. But, you know, Sight Shift, it's all about proving to the world that you can be summed up by what you do. So, no, uh, before we even get into what you do, because we're the opposite, I'd love to hear something you really like about being you, being yourself. Wow. That's uh, what a way to jump into an interview, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, something I like about myself is, uh, well, I'm, I'm tall, right? So that's really nice. I like to be able to reach stuff. I love uh, it. That's great. That's you know, so it's, fun. It, it comes in handy. Dude, can I tell you a, a horrible thing that I did this weekend? Please. Uh, I was talking to somebody who was shorter, uh, another guy, uh, not super tall stature, and um, my my daughter walked by, and she was with her friends, and she was shorter than all the other girls. And I was like, poor thing, got her mom's height. And it hit me that, you know, oh, I shouldn't say that out loud. This guy that's cheering is so... Anyway, he wasn't offended, but you just made me think of a, a social faux pas from the weekend. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 
it's it's one of those things that you know we never think about it, but it's this thing that people notice about us immediately, and it always cracks me up because people want to ask. You know, I'm 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 about six four, so I'm I'm pretty tall. I'm not, you know, Dikembe Mutombo uh, tall, but usually I'm the tallest person in the room. And people come up, oh, wow, you're really tall. And I always am like, wow, what do I say to that? You know, hey, thank you. Uh, you're right. I drank a lot of milk as a kid. <laughs> I'm, and, uh, I'm first pick in my rec league, baby. That's your new yeah. Twitter bio, by the way. First yeah, pick in go. my rec league. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's cool. So so uh, anything else that you go, yeah, I like this about being me? Oh, man. Uh, honestly, this is, oh, how do I say this without coming off really wrong? But hey, there's, no, a no, you, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot that I've that I've grown to really enjoy and love, uh, about who I am. Um, you know, and, and that's, I know we'll get into that later, but that's a lot of that is, is a recent thing. Um, so there's a, there's been a lot of discovery and a lot of, a long journey to kind of get to, uh, understanding, accepting and loving who I am, Yeah. which is, as I say that out loud, I'm thinking people are turning this off, uh, by the handful, but stick around. It's cool. Yeah. And, and I would say not if they're here on this podcast, because it is this idea that we're, we're understanding we don't have to prove our uniqueness to the world, but we don't have to hide it either. We can enjoy it, embrace it. Um, okay. Well, talk to us a little bit about like what drives you, your mission. So whether that's capital M mission, like this is kind of an overarching focus uh, into what I do and my roles, or here's lowercase m missions, here's some of the roles that are meaningful to me, and here's what I'd like to accomplish. Cool. Well, what actually gets me through the day is capital M mission, as in Mission Coffee, which is right next to our office. <laughs> that uh, was awesome. So, little little hopped up on that from my morning cup. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what drives me? I think throughout the day is connection. Uh, is, is just this idea of uh, meeting people, getting to know people, getting to know their goals. Um, whether it's my wife, whether it's my kids, whether it's our clients. Um, whether it's, you know, people you run into at the coffee shop or at lunch, um, and, and helping them achieve their goals, you know, small things, big things, you know, even if it's just, uh, uh, you know, going into the daycare this morning with my kids and it's someone carrying a a car seat carrier and their hands are full and you hold the door for them and you're helping them get through, helping them get through the day. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that's what really drives me is this idea that, um, you know, we're here to serve other people. We're here to help people. Uh, we're here to, you know, we all want to get stuff done. And, and part of what I like doing is helping people get stuff done. That's awesome. That really is such a beautiful way of expressing the humanity. I think of what your work is that people sometimes judge and stereotype because, uh, that's just how we do as humans when we're insecure. So when, when you are practicing your work and as, and I don't, I didn't say this in the intro cause I like it to kind of come out organically in the conversation. Uh, as a lawyer, you're saying I'm helping people get stuff done, um, and you've kept your your focus and mission and, and meaning in spite of doing something that gets made fun of a lot. Uh, so that's a beautiful thing. Does that the way people joke about that? Does that ever get annoying, or is it like yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't care. No, um, no, it doesn't. Um, it, there's a lot of truth behind those jokes, uh, and and being in the industry, interacting with fellow lawyers and things like that, there are a lot of people that are, uh, that are lawyers that are attorneys for the wrong reasons. There are yeah. a lot of people that do it because it's a means to an end. You know, yeah. they want, they want the lifestyle and so they do the job. And, and so then what drives them isn't necessarily the actual work, but the paycheck that comes in every two weeks. 
And that, you know, and I, I, who am I to, to judge that, right? That's, if that's how people choose to operate, that's wonderful and, and good for them and the ability to provide for their families. Um, but it does, you know, it can reflect poorly on the industry. And lawyer jokes are some of the oldest jokes. You know, I think the first there was a lawyer and then it, it, 15 seconds after he left the room, the first lawyer, I think someone was like, here, hey, you know, that lawyer just walked in here and what an asshole. And that's the, you know, started making jokes. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if this is an NF, not safe for work uh, podcast, so I'm sorry about the No way. Language. It's, it's whatever it is. It's all good. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Um, so I hear those jokes and, uh, you know, they, they, they never really bugged me. I come from a family of lawyers. Uh, I guess it was destiny that I was going to end up doing it. Uh, it's sort of the same thing that we're here to talk about, right? It, your profession doesn't define who you are, or what you do. Mm. And so, yeah, there are lawyer jokes and yeah, there are, there are lawyers out there that, you know, call them whatever you want, ambulance chasers, you know, whatever other name there is for people that are looked down on. But the individual lawyer, you know, that some one person might call him an ambulance chaser and the other person might say, I got hurt and that guy helped me get made whole. He helped make my life a little better. So I, I tend to take them with a grain of salt. I tend to make them just as much as I hear them. Uh, and I, I think it's as long as you can understand that there's it doesn't define every single person who you know identifies as a lawyer. Uh, I think they're 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 all in good fun and they're pretty well grounded. And if it if it gives people a little bit of caution when they interact with lawyers, that's probably a good thing. Wow, I can't imagine a better response ever being stated. That like needs to be bronzed uh, for everyone completing their legal degree. Uh, that was amazing. Just overflow of I know who you are. I feel the same when people you know oh you're a coach you know consultant and and there are people out there that are for sure. Uh, taking advantage of people that want to improve something and, and just really want the feeling of, I wrote a check, so therefore I did something, um, rather than actually putting in the work and changing. And, uh, you know, I just tend to, even if they're made directly to me, which doesn't happen often, but just roll with it, have fun with it, and go, okay, that's just where they are. And what a great way of saying it, like if it helps them be cautious. And it, I would say, yeah, if it helps people avoid, in my world, the snake oil salesman, awesome. Um, man, that'll, that'll, that's just going to keep staying with me. Well, tell me a little bit about like for you, the community communities you serve, uh, what are the favorite parts for you? Like, Oh, I really love working with these people and here's why, and here's who they are. Well, our firm primarily works with entrepreneurs. We work with early stage companies. Uh, we work with, you know, small businesses, um, sole proprietorships, that sort of thing. Um, all the way up into, you know, tech companies with dozens of employees, things like that. Uh, and what I really enjoy is that our clients are usually the people who founded these companies. And so this is their child in a way, right? Most of us business owners, you know, we put probably a lot of us put more time into our business than we do into our, our children. Um, and some of us put probably right around the same amount, you know, yeah. And so in a way, it, it's you're almost becoming family with these people who have poured their heart and their soul and their entire life's work. Um, their entire journey has led up to starting this business and to taking this risk, making this leap. Uh, and there is, you know, I, I use this term hesitantly, uh, but there's an intimacy there uh, because this is, you know, people, anyone who started a company with another person, with a, with a co-founder understands that that's not a, a normal business relationship. There's a level of familiarity that comes along with that, that those people become your family. And as early stage counsel, 
you know, we're usually the first advisor that's brought in from the outside. And very quickly, you know, these relationships get incredibly close. And it's a lot of, you know, late night calls and texts to, to strategize about something or to get through a crisis. Uh, and I really just cherish that because these entrepreneurs, these people are putting it all on the line. They are pouring their hearts and souls into something. And they're opening their, they're opening their arms and they're opening their doors and saying, help me do that. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah. I mean, there was an experience that I had had. I was doing site shift on the side for a number of years and had had a really negative experience that I was like, as I went to incorporate and get all that set up, I didn't know you guys then and oh, I wish I would have. But um, I, I did work with a great attorney who helped me get some things set up that protected me. I was like, oh, I don't want this to ever happen again, so help protect me. And they did. And I was like, oh, this is great. Uh, and that, that I like that word, intimacy, because there, there's a vulnerability that you get to live in uh, in a space there that a lot of people um, are never going to know that side of things. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, what I'd love to just do now is get a feel for your life, where you're at, what's happening, or let those listening do that. Um, so we're going to run through just some questions that let us know where you are. And this could be personal, business, both and. But if you were to say, this is where I feel like I'm winning right now. It's like really happening. It feels good. What comes to mind? Man, putting me on the spot. Where am I winning right now? I, you know, I think I'm winning in my uh, personal relationships right now. Uh, I think going through site shift and doing this process with you is really, and, and I don't know what kind of background you give, but I, you know, I think this was like a year ago, maybe 18 months ago. We, yeah, we worked through right. the 12th. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it really working through that with you and, and reading the books and, and doing the work. Um, you know, that's a disclaimer there. You gotta, you gotta commit to it and do the work, but yeah. doing that, man, it freed me up so much to not be, tied into my accomplishments and my work as what defined me and really just let me enjoy uh, my family and enjoy my close friendships. And, uh, you know, I just feel like I couldn't be, I couldn't be happier with where things are, you know, they're just that ability to really connect with people because I'm not concerned about what I'm projecting, what they're going to think about my house or, or my job or my paycheck or whatever, and just really being able to be present and enjoy, um, these people that mean so much to me. And I just, it's just beautiful. Wow, man. Thank you. That's so awesome. Yeah. And so for any context, John and I went through the 12 weeks to figure that shift out. Yeah. Like 18 months ago. And that's the exact goal. I mean, people come to it and they're like, uh, I need help focusing on my mission. I have this conflict with a co-founder. Or I've got this personal conflict and I've got to fix these. And I'm like, We'll get to that. It's going to take seven weeks of a conversation about identity before we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and that's, I mean, that's why I say you got to do that work um, is I think it was really, because I read, I read your books before we ever met. Okay. Uh, and I'd read the books and I'd, I'd read, figure that shift out and sort of listened to some of your pods and was like, oh yeah, dabble in and uh, kind of like, well, I don't really feel like doing step one. That kind of sucks, right? Mm -hmm. I just want to jump to the end where it's like, hey, do this thing, and then you're happy all the time. Uh, because that's what I think we all kind of want that path of least resistance. Um, but doing the doing the program with you and actually being like, listen, we'll do step 12, but we're going to do it in 12 weeks. Today, we're going to do this. Um, 
you know, focuses, forcing you to focus on that one thing and, and get to work on the thing that underlines everything you do in your life, which is you. Uh, that's just was so important and it was so eye opening cause I never really thought about it. We all kind of think, oh yeah, if I just, uh, you know, if I just hustle more at work and I earn, you know, 10 grand more a year, then I can buy this thing and that everything will work out. Then I'll feel great. And then, you know, some of us are lucky enough that we do that. We accomplish our goals and we get to the end and we're unsatisfied. And it's because now you're just, you're the same person that you were. You just have this nice thing that you wanted. Uh, but you haven't, you haven't come to peace with who you are and you haven't realized that, that, that no matter what you accomplish, no matter what you do, that acceptance and that peace that you can only get by doing that work, you know, that's always going to be there and you, you got to get there first. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Wow. It's freaking getting me fired up. I, I, I remember at different points where it stood out because you were, you were showing up fully present, showing up into the work, the exercises, the things you're wrestling with. And um, I can remember you talking about different points, whether it was, and I won't share too many details, but just the, the way you were moved to think about future stuff with your sons uh, and consider some of that, the way that you embraced the exercise and uh, throwing the rock, uh, yeah. all of that. Oh, yeah. I just remember so vividly because of your presence in it. And uh, it's really, really moving. And hopefully for people listening, it's just whatever they're doing that they learn to be in that, right? Even if it's painful and they don't want to be there, I've got to be here to get to this next place. Um, what right now do you feel like in life you're just reaching for? You're inspired to, to go after. Well, that's really, that's an interesting question, right? Because it's sort of like, here, I'm going to give you this super enlightened, like really zen talk about how happy I am. And it's like, all right, now what do you want? Like, what's next? What are you exactly. working on, right? <laughs> um, and it's it's so hard to balance that because we, yeah. you know, we, we all want to have goals and be moving forward. Uh, but at the same time, right, we're like, no, no, you have to find peace and acceptance. And it's like, I don't know that I can encapsulate and explain how that seeming, uh, you know, it's, it's, it seems like there's a contradiction there. Um, but, uh, that aside, uh, you know, I'm working a lot on the business side of things now. So the last year or so, my business partner and I, we've really been working on, you know, how do we get this thing humming like a, like a business and not like, you know, uh, two, two separate practices. How do we get, you know, combining what we're doing and, and getting systems in place so we can, you know, if we're not here, things keep going and things like that. So that's, I'm really excited about that. I've been working through some, some exercises and some books on that that have been really eye opening, uh, and it's been really good. And I think it's really brought uh, my business partner and I together too, um, you know, in a closer way where we're actually, you know, focusing in on problems rather than just sort of wandering into each other's office and complaining about stuff and then not talking about it again for six months until it's a huge problem. And, uh, it's been a really cool way to, to, to kind of get closer, uh, the two of us and, and work together on some things with a targeted way. So that's been really cool. And I'm really excited to do that into the new year. Oh man, that's inspiring. And, and to, uh, connect with what you were just saying about the transition between almost like the contentment, the Zen to the lack of contentment. And I want to move forward in this, um, you know, I, yeah, think, and I, I mean, I, and I have thoughts on that, right? Like I can, I can, I can talk about that. I just spent, you know, two minutes talking about how you can't talk about it, but like, you know, it is, it's possible to do that. And it's really, it's like a nuanced kind of thing, but 
there's a way that you can strive for goals and want to change things, but also be completely content with who you are and, and what your present circumstances are. Bam. You know, they, they aren't incompatible. You just yeah. have to, you know, you have to see the difference between wanting to make, you know, achieve goals and wanting to change, um, change too many things, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so something I've been revolving around lately in my head, I'll just run this by you. I haven't said it out loud. See what you think. Um, I, well, I say I haven't said it out loud. I put a sentence of this in the new book. I wondered if people would catch it, but, um, but it hasn't been fleshed out in application to this. Really, the starting path with peace is just mindfulness, right? I'm accepting reality. What makes me sad for a lot of people is they think, oh, I'm done. I'm like, no, no, no. No, man. And that, yeah. Go ahead. You're 100% right. Because it's so hard to get to that point. It's so hard to get to, and I don't even want to say it right, like it's mindfulness isn't this thing that you get to, but it's it's really hard to get to being present yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in any singular moment, yeah. right? And I think some people would argue that that actually is being truly present in a single moment. Some people would say that isn't obtainable or that is nirvana. That is the ultimate end goal, you know, and I, I don't I don't know enough to argue one way or the other, but it's it takes a lot of work to even get to the point where, um, right, there's a saying that if you're truly present, washing a dish can be the most enjoyable thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And to get to the point where you can actually get everything else out of your mind, close off all that chatter and really just, you know, wash a dish, that's hard. That takes, I don't know that I'm even there yet and I've been working at it for years, right? And some people work on it their whole lives and maybe never get there. And then to say, okay, great, you've made it there. But guess what? Like that's that's literally just that's the building block. That's learning your numbers so that now you can learn math. It, man, that can be really disheartening because it takes a ton of mental effort and a ton of drive to even get to that point. And then to be like, okay, great. Now you have to learn how to apply that to you know changing things or how to achieving goals and things like that. And it, man, it can be a real a real gut punch to be like, oh, I worked really hard to kind of get to this point where I can be present, enjoy a moment. Now you're telling me that there's more. Like that's not it. Uh, but yeah, don't get discouraged. It's it's great because now you're going on this journey and you're truly appreciating it. And you're yeah. truly present and experiencing it. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Dude, I, I feel like you just opened me up to some more empathy on that because I've, I've looked at like the cultural language around it going, mindfulness, that's so great. And I don't think I've affirmed enough how much of a challenge it is to do that. But I just am like, oh, that's like, that's the beginning. Now let's train your mindset. Yeah, uh, because, uh, you know, and, and truthfully, for me, the focus is working with people that are making impacts as yourself and leading. And I love working with leaders because it's it, it can be unhealthy and insecure. OK, there's got to be more because I'm not happy in this moment versus uh, I remember one time I said to a guy, if you can't look at a piece of grass and get jacked up on the inside, something's off. <laughs> not That's in a hype true. way, not in a hype way, but just in a way yeah. of like, whoa. Uh, and, 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 and now let's go, okay, how do we train the mindset? How do we add on certain skills to this to help people? Because a lot of people aren't going to put in that work. It's just the reality. Well, so how do we and, lead them and help them? And that turns so many people off, right? Is this idea that, Okay, cool. Mindfulness. Um, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to I'm going to be present in the moment. And then what? Right. Like I just I sit in the shade of a tree by the river all day. Well, I don't want to do that. I want to, you know, move up the ladder at work. I want to hit my goals for the quarter. I want to 
you know, buy a house. I want to do these things. I want to get to them. Uh, and, and it, it, you know, people want to see that as two, as parallel paths. You can't do both, right? You can't reach this, you know, Zen enlightenment of, of presence in the moment and also, you know, want nice stuff or want to achieve goals or want to do stuff. Uh, and it's not true, right? It's, it just creates a, a stable foundation and it creates a way that's like, Hey, if that's what drives you, if that's what your goal is, you know, get to this place where you are accepting of who you are, where you're able to be present and, and be there on this journey. And then when you do achieve these things, if they are still what you want, because that's been a big thing for me is it's realigned all my, my priorities and what I think is important in life. But when you come through it and you're, you're working on yourself and realizing, okay, maybe I want that thing because I have this fear. And I think if I have, you know, the biggest house, then I, then I'll have value. Right. Um, it went, if you realize that that's not the case, that you don't want the house because of the fear, but that you still want the nice house because, you know, you like the neighborhood or you, you, the, you there's a value there. You want your, you want to have a big family, so you need a big house. Awesome. Then you can still be going after those goals. And when you achieve them, it means so much more because you've done it not from this place of fear, but from this place of, of, of love and of acceptance of who you are and what your mission is. Uh, and it's really cool. And it's really cool to have lived it and kind of been like, oh, none of those things that I cared about not none, I guess a bunch of those things that I thought were important or that I cared about, you know, I, it turned out that the reason behind wanting them wasn't pure. It wasn't really what was there. It was trying to cover something up or it was trying to overcorrect. Yeah. Uh, and by, by getting that presence and that acceptance of who I am and what defines me, you know, that's allowed me to kind of reevaluate that stuff and refocus my energy. So if there was something, you know, being a dad has always been important to me. You and I, you and I have talked about this. Um, even beforehand. And some of that came from a place of fear and it came from my, my childhood and, and growing up and things like that and working through this process and doing a lot of this soul searching. I came out of it and said, yeah, I still want to be a dad, but it's not to overcompensate for something. It's because what, how cool is that to have this person that you, <laughs> you created, right? Like yeah. it's a little more complicated than that, but that didn't take a lot of science. Yeah. It's a great way uh, of saying it. <laughs> But you bring this person into the world and then you're shaping them. And how many people is this, you know, how many people are my kids going to go out and, and their lives are going to be affected by my kids, right? How many people are they going to interact with? How many people are they going to work with? You know, maybe they'll start a business. Maybe they'll do something cool. Who knows? But whatever they're doing, they're going to be carrying me with them. And so I came through this and, and my reasoning for wanting to do things, it changed. Um, but some of the goals stayed the same. So you can definitely work through this, do the work, work on yourself, kind of figure out who you are and what defines you and what your mission is and come out of it with the same goal, but a different motivation. And that's a really cool thing because it, it just changes your perspective just enough to really let you see something. Dude, my eyebrows are like so high. They're like <laughs> touching my hairline, which is virtually non-existent for those of you listening. I do not look like Mario Lopez. I am bald. Uh, so, uh, that's just, you, oh, you nailed it. And that's the idea. Like you're going to get honest about your desires and you're going to realign that focus and you're going to have that energy. And that's why I like to say, uh, you know, and I'll ask you a question right after I make this statement, because this is like, I could jam here with you forever. I feel like, but that's why I like to say, you know, if, if mindfulness is done in a healthy way, if you can look at the piece of grass and go, this is where I am, this is reality. Uh, it doesn't end there. You can't help but then go after the mission because it's it's an overflow of desire. It's like the secure identity overflows to the clear mission. Um, I don't. I haven't talked to a person yet. I haven't found a voice throughout the research I've done, which is very limited compared to the research of the world. But throughout human history and different 
um, you know, the humanities and different places. Like, I can't find anybody that's like, yeah, when you really, like, get that al- alignment within yourself and that, that ah, the zen, whatever, it's got to go somewhere. It's, it's got to have expression. If it doesn't, it gets stuck inside of you. And it's like the pond scum that forms on that pond. There's, there's a flow that's meant to happen, uh, however that works. And what's it look like to express that, you know? So anyway, tell us this. Uh, any place right now that you feel uh, stuck or challenged or, um, you know, it's just the real stuff of life that people would be listening to this going, man, this guy, he's got a business, he's dialing in the systems, he's growing it, he's... Uh, he's very enlightened. Uh, he doesn't have very many struggles. He doesn't understand me. Yeah. You know, that's, that's so funny. Um, the, the enlightened one, that's me. I got, I got it all figured out. Um, no, that's not, uh, that's, I'm just laughing because I don't think anyone that's, that knows me, I don't think any of my friends would describe me. I would use any of the same words that you just used. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't want, I don't want people to think that that's cause I'm putting on airs cause I'm on a podcast and I got to make everyone think I'm cool. Um, you know, uh, my life is, is insane, man. My life is crazy. Um, you know, my wife and I, we laugh about it, but there is just always crazy shit happening. Yeah. Uh, in our life. So, you know, we've got, I got, I've got two four-year-old boys. They're twins. They're, they're beautiful. They're loved in my life. Um, but like they're four-year-old boys, man, they, you know, one of them didn't put pants on all day yesterday. He was just <laughs> running around in his underwear. I came, I put him to bed last night. I came downstairs. I realized he had, he had built a fort on the couch. It took every cushion off of all, every couch in our home, which is only two. So he took two couches worth of cushions, had them on one couch and had dumped all of his Legos into the couch behind these cushions. He made a little like smogs, uh, like treasure layer of his Legos. And so there I am, you know, enlightened, right? I'm the Buddha. <laughs> there I am at eight o'clock digging Legos out of a couch, swearing about a four-year-old. What an asshole <laughs> You know, so it's, it's like, it's, 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 again, it's that contradiction of, right? Like you can be present, you can be engaged and, and, and very fulfilled in your life, but still in the moment, be swearing at a four, about a four-year-old. You shouldn't swear at your four-year-old. It's about his uh, behavior, not his personhood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mean, I got, I got two crazy four-year-old boys that I love. Uh, we have three dogs that are so, so badly behaved. Uh, <laughs> You know, my wife is a, uh, she's a professor. And so she's got a real busy schedule. Real, she's teaching all the time. She's got research. She's got all this stuff going on. And then I, I'm an attorney, which is a stressful job. And I, I, I own a business, you know, we have our own practice. Uh, and, and that brings a whole other layer of craziness on it. So it's awesome. I love hearing, you know, Chris, you say, you're making me sound like I've got all my stuff together, but like, if you're, you know, I got friends who we've been trying to schedule a, getting together for a drink for six months because I don't have any gaps in my calendar. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, you know, I, it, when I, when I guess the question is right uh, now that I've given my 90 second preamble here, the question was where somewhere where I'm, um, I guess where I'm scrambling, where I'm not necessarily put together. Uh, and man, it's everywhere. I, I, it's, it's my whole life. It, yeah. Every day is uh, a set of circumstances and a, and a whole bunch of moving things and trying to keep a bunch of balls in the air. Uh, and so it's it's you know it's everything. Yeah. It's it's just crazy. It's in know? motion. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's awesome, right? How cool is that? Yeah. To to say every day is uh, 
is going to be unique, not just because that's how time works, but actually because I have no clue what's going to happen once my eyes open, right? Yeah. But there are days where my kids are screaming for us to come open the door for them by 6.45 a.m. And you're just going, oh, my God, it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> Dude, I, I just I, – the, the colorful way that you – paint the picture of reality and we were joking about this before we hit record just what sticks in my mind different moments of that chaos and and i think that's good for people to know that yeah it's it's like that that's real life and uh it's happening for all of us i mean that's one of the things that i love about working with people one-on-one because even if they've read the book and listened to the podcast and heard the stories i got a new story for them (laughs) Uh, i got a new one from this weekend right where I got insecure in a moment or this was really driving me crazy. And because it is in motion and and in process, you were sharing something with me before we got started that you had said uh, you'd feel comfortable talking about because people can be helped by that. And you guys got some news recently with one of your sons. You still feel comfortable maybe sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Um, yeah, so one of my uh, sons was diagnosed with autism, um, you know, not not that long ago, a few months ago. And it was something we hadn't really thought about. It was something that we knew there were some delays and we were, we were hooking up with some services and doing some awesome work. And, uh, you know, he was working really hard and has been doing really thriving. Uh, but someone said, hey, you know, I think it might be a little more than, than just a general, you know, oh, he's a little premature. So he's a little delayed as a younger kid. And that still kind of ripples through even into the preschool years, um, you know, and he's a twin, he's a boy. Sometimes boys are a little slower to mature. Someone kind of said, I think you might want to go in and and get an assessment done and just see what's going on. Uh, You know, we did that and uh, it came back that that he was on the autism spectrum. And it really, man, it was just wrenching in that moment to be sitting in that office, listening to the psychologist kind of walk you through you know, well, here are the tests we did, and here were the results, and here were the score, here where the scores were, and, and you as a parent are, you know, your first instinct is protect, right? As a parent, your your first instinct is always to keep bad yeah. stuff away from your kid. Yeah. Whether you know if it's the stove, if it's a car coming down the street, whatever it is, you want to get between your kid and that thing that is going to hurt them or or affect their lives. And so we're sitting in there in that office, and it's just like, well, no, but what about this and. Uh, no, 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 he wouldn't have done that if I hadn't been in the room. And, and man, it was really, you know, in that moment, it was so hard to let go of that fear and let go of that thought of, this is my fault. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, I did something or, or um, you know, if we, if we had done this or if we had not eaten this while she was pregnant or, the, you know, it was so hard. And immediately just both of us were kind of like just shattered, right? Because you feel so guilty. Mm. And you can't help it, right? Even if there's nothing you could have done. I mean, hell, if your kid's at school and something happens, they fall off the teeter-totter and they hurt their arm, you feel, you, you you still feel guilty. You know, there's nothing you could have done. Yeah. Oh, I could have put them in a better school. You're always going to second guess. And then on top of that, uh, you know, you have to that, – that, that dream that you had, some of those dreams – that let me make sure I put that right. Some of the dreams that you had, some of the lives that you saw – possibilities for your kids some of them are dead now right some of them go away when you when you hear something like that you know and you think oh man uh probably not gonna be uh in the nba that's probably not gonna happen right like (laughs) you know we all have these these things that we these futures when we daydream about what our kids are gonna do and all the things that we never accomplished they're gonna accomplish uh 
And man, in that moment to be sitting there, not only powerless to protect your child from this thing that has happened, that is a part of who they are, but to also, you know, kind of realize, oh man, a lot of these things that I had envisioned, a lot of these things that I was, you know, a lot of these goals that I wanted to work towards with my kids, right? Like a lot of these things I wanted to achieve, they're gone. And it was just, um, you know, I honestly, I don't know if three years ago I would have been able to handle it. Mm. Uh, it, it you know, and it was tough. And, and my wife and I had a lot of heart to hearts and a lot of fights and a lot of, a lot of crying and a lot of talking and, you know, things are great. We're, we're three months away, you know, past, I guess it was three months ago we found out. And very quickly, we were able to turn that fear and that guilt into acceptance isn't necessarily the right word, but acceptance of the circumstances, sure. yeah. right? Into understanding this is this is a thing that has happened or this is a thing that is happening and not, you know, a what if. It's a thing. It's happened. And now we either adjust our goals and our expectations, adjust the way that we deal with things, or we or we fail, right? Yeah. We fail as a couple. We fail as parents. We fail as a family. Uh, so we were able to shift that and and then sort of say, all right, these are now our circumstances, and they weren't the circumstances that we planned for, and all we can now do is figure out what's next, right? What's the next step? What do we do? Who do we yeah. talk to? Um, and you know, we're we're so fortunate. My wife and I both we have degrees in special education. That's where we met was was at OSU in, in special ed. Um, you know, becoming getting our our degrees. Uh, so we have this incredible background, and we both worked in the in the industry. That's not the right term, but we both worked, you know, with in people that with field. in that yeah. field. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, we both worked in that field for a long time, and we're so blessed to have all these people that, you know, we consider to be parts of our families because they let us into their families, right? That we worked with their kids, or that we worked side by side with them at, um, you know, at summer camps and in schools and in homes and things like that. And it's been uh, it's been beautiful uh, to you know we've always we've both always been sort of we respond when those calls come out hey my son has a problem with X what do I do who do I talk to hey great I know I'll set you up with this person at the county or, or this person at Nationwide Children's uh, and and to kind of flip the tables on that and reach out to these families and say hey when you found out what did you do what did you and your husband talk about who did you talk to mm. and to have these people say oh we're here for you. You know, you were here for us. We're here for you. You know, welcome. You've always been a part of the community, but now it's on a different level. Uh, man, it was just—it's been an incredible journey just yeah. these last few months. And I'm actually—I'm actually tearing up now because uh, I don't think I've talked about this out loud a lot. Uh, wow. It's just been really cool. It, it's just been—you know—I think I've said it probably a thousand times already on this uh, recording, but it's been beautiful. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I mean I think we can feel the emotion as you're sharing that and processing that. And there's two things that I really want to highlight there. One is, for people listening to this, like, you guys both have degrees in special ed, you know, yet you're still searching out help. Because um, I think sometimes people could go, well, they've got that background, sure, for them. But no, we, we all need to keep figuring out the best ways. The best ways haven't been found. They're continuing to be found. And We've got to connect with each other and help each other. I mean, this is the progressive vision of humanity that we're all helping each other move forward. Um, and that's just super inspiring, I think, for well, people and, to hear. And if I, if, I can, if I can go one step further on that and then let you get back to your second no, thing. No, do it, yeah. you got to let go of that pride, right? you got to let go of that pride. Uh, it, it, my first instinct was, 
I got this. I, man, I have been doing this. I have helped so many other families get services in place and find the right schools and find the right therapists and find, I got this. And man, that pride, it was really easy to be like, this is a part of who I am, right? Is that I've done this before and I know how to do it. I know how to navigate the system. And real quickly, you know, I realized I'm I'm going to, I'm going to tear our family apart if I try to do that because he needs me to be his dad, right? He doesn't need me to be the hero who swoops in and figures out the, the plan of care and all this stuff. He needs me to be his dad. And my wife needs me to be her husband and her partner and to be here for her, not to be the person that's saying to her, hey, call this person. They've got the answers. Get this set up. You know, it, 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 I had to let go of that that pride and that sense of the defi- – right? I had to be like this isn't something that defines me is the ability to deal with an issue like this. It's not. What defines me is – you know, who I am as a person. Yeah. And, you know, it's so hard. We all have these areas of expertise and we all, you know, it's, it's like a primal instinct. The hair on the back of your neck stands up when you feel like someone is challenging, you know, your authority or your expertise and you've got to let go of that because it's not who you are. Yeah. It's just something that you've done. Yeah, man. I mean, that's uh, more context and color for the, the dot I was going to connect with even kind of the impetus behind the idea to set up these interviews, not only to help people get to know, uh, help listeners get to know people who have been impacted by site shift and been through it and done the work like you have and, and the impact it's had, but also to connect them to this, this new resource that's out because I want them to know that there's an easy way that they can get access to do some work and make some changes, and that's the stuck book. And what you were just describing, even in this process you guys went through, it's letting go of the pride to face and accept reality. Like, we don't, we don't, we accept the circumstance. It's real. It's happened. Now let's go into this winter moment of studying and diving deep and getting that resource and reaching out to people and asking questions so that we can emerge with this plan of action. And and I think so many people, you know, they want to go right from problem to fixed. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't even like using the term fixed because it's not even something that you necessarily fix. It's just this idea that you're cooperating with the process of life. You're not fighting against it. And you're saying, okay, how can I uh, see the beauty of this moment, help offset some of the unnecessary pain, help be a comfort in the pain? And Yeah, I mean, I just felt like that was was very wise. (laughs) Well, that's another one. I I don't know that anybody that knows me would use that. I tell you, man, if I had all your friends in here and no doubt they'd be like, John, man, he is like, he, he's, he's fluent. He's got passion. He's got fire. I mean, he's, you know, but yeah, yeah. what's underneath <laughs> that is the wisdom for sure. Man, I don't know. I hear it. Thank you. Thank you. That I shouldn't deflect, right? Like that's, that's beautiful. Thank you for, for saying that. And I appreciate it because uh, yeah. it's, it's something to work on. People you know, we all fall, we all, we all fall into that trap of, uh, and that's what I loved about the stuck book which is, you know, this is not an asked for endorsement. This is genuine, you know, off the cuff here. Uh, We all fall into that trap of uh, let's get busy, right? Let's hustle. Let's just grind it out. Let's do, 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 do. Um, And when it's at work, sometimes you're doing it just because you want to keep up appearances or because, you know, you don't know how to solve a problem. So you figure you work through it. Uh, And that's fine. You know, it's not, the end of the world to work hard or to make it seem like you're doing a ton. It's not the best way to do it. I don't, I don't personally think that's the right way to look at life, but when it comes into your personal life like that, man, the damage, uh, can be, it can be devastating. And that was, that was the first instinct I had was I'm going to work through this. 
I can, I can do this. I know what to do. We got to set up treatment. We got to set up plans. We got to talk to this person and that person. And I'm sitting there even before we left the, the waiting room. I'm making a list in my head. All right, first I'm going to call this person, then I'm going to call this person. We'll talk to this guy. I'll go online and I'll fill this out and we'll look into this. And that it was it was just trying to hustle through the problem. And rather than going through the the seasons, right, going through that acceptance and and really thinking about it and and developing a plan and going from there, my thought was just throw hard work at it. You can yeah. work through this. You know how to solve this. And it, maybe right, like who knows how that would have gone. But to actually realize, no, what I need to do is sit in the car with my wife and cry for a few minutes because this is this is devastating. Uh, and even though even though accepting that and saying that out loud goes against every belief that I've ever held in my life, mm-hmm. right, about kids with special needs and about what they can do and what their place in society, even though saying it is devastating to hear that your son has you know has autism. That that rubbed me. So, that was so hard for me to do, just to get to that point where mm-hmm. I could say something other than "That's fine. He's going to do everything his brother's going to do, and it's going to be, you know, just you have to do it. You have to lean into those your circumstances, even when it's hard, even when they change, because then your house, then your work can be directed where it's needed. And where I was needed wasn't in setting things up and contacting people and developing stuff. There are people whose jobs are to do that. And we got in touch with them, and that's important, right? I'm not saying don't do anything. Uh, but where I was needed, I was the only person who could work, help my wife get through this. And she mm-hmm. was the only person who could help me get through it. Mm-hmm. And I was the only person at the end of the day who could hug my son and look him in the eye and tell him I love him. And, and that's what my role is. And if I hadn't taken that time, if I hadn't been able to say, these are the circumstances, I need to lean into this. I need to really explore this. I need to be present with this sadness and with this fear. Uh, and I just need to embrace it. I wouldn't have been able, we wouldn't be at, a, at such a good point that we're at right now. And, and there's, you know, and not everything is rosy, not everything is hunky-dory. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. Uh, but if you're able to, to lean into those downs as much as you lean into those ups and not just react to them by trying to work harder or hustle or, or may do a bunch of things that make it look like you're leaving it all on the table, um, you get to this much deeper understanding and, and this much better place of being able to figure out what your role is in the situation and where your efforts need to go. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And, and you know, what a beautiful way that you framed, you were able to be there, the place you needed to be with your wife and her there for you and, and skip over the unnecessary pain of, you know, railing against this, these circumstances that, you know, it, it just becomes a dissipation of your energy, your focus and it depletes you. It's, I think about this like the agricultural example. You know, if the crop isn't coming in, you couldn't go hustle harder. Yeah, <laughs> you had to figure yeah. it out. You know, and and I and and I not one of those weird purists like got to take us back to the agricultural era. We've lost our way. <laughs> I mean, this is not how the world works. It's not going to happen. But there is a skill there that we want yeah. to be able to grab a hold of, and that the seasons change, and sometimes the seasons change in a small micro way, and. Throughout the course of one conversation, sometimes it's big stuff that takes years, but we're not going to be able to go into frenetic energy uh, and and make the thing that we want to see happen happen. You know, um, there's a uh, there's a there's a uh, and I, I'm sorry if I'm derailing your interview. No, go here, ahead. But, um, I think you know I could sit in a coffee shop with you and do this all day. Yeah. Um, there's a Vonnegut quote. Uh, uh, which is just because some of us can read and write and do a little arithmetic doesn't mean we deserve to control the universe. Mm. And we think 
you know, because we've invented the internet that, that there don't have to be problems or that we can change anything, bend anything to our will. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I love the way you put that, right. No matter how hard you hustle, if it doesn't rain, the crops aren't going to grow. Yeah. And, and that's so like, that's so true and so deep. And like, you don't have to think, oh yeah, we need to tear down all our houses and live in yurts and, and go to sustainability farming. Like, you know, there's, there's a middle ground here where you can say, you know, just like I sort of had to do with my son, right. I have to accept certain things. I have to accept that, that this is a part of who he is, but that doesn't mean that I can't do anything about it, right? That doesn't mean that I can't get him into services early as soon as possible or, or try to get him the help that, that will help him. But I have to I have to get there first by accepting who he is. Yeah. And by understanding that. And so if you have you know, you have to accept, right, that the soil's not gonna produce wheat. And no matter how hard you work and how many uh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know any farming terms, so <laughs> I can hack it with you. <laughs> no no matter no matter how many uh, wheats you plant. Uh, <laughs> Like no matter how hard you work, it's not going to yield any any plants. Yeah. And so, God, I hope no one is actually in agriculture. I'm so sorry. I can't imagine uh, anybody would be able to call us out on anything regarding this, but yeah, it could happen. There's, yeah, there's the legal disclaimer. I don't know anything about planting, um, yeah. but you you have to have that you have to have that acceptance and that peace because there's only so much that you can plan for and change and, and control. And if you spend all your energy trying to fight the things you can't. Um, control or that you can't change that you have to accept, then you're not going to have the energy to implement the plan that you came up with or that you're not going to have the energy there when it's needed because uh, you've spent it out, you know, yelling at the wind or, or, or yelling at clouds to make sure they rain. Yeah. Uh, just, Dude, I'm so inspired by, I mean, I feel like you're, you're just giving some fresh words and it's really fired me up. Okay. So here's what I like to do now. Uh, a little bit of a hot seat just to get to add even more 3d color context to your life and i have no doubt some people hearing this right now are like no don't do this just let him keep going because uh i you know you've got a lot to offer and for whatever it's worth i want to just say that i i have no doubt people are hearing this and going i want to hear him talk more um so let that uh fit into your life in whatever way it will because you have so much free time and (laughs) <laughs> an abundance of energy laying around. No, but uh, okay. So uh, a little bit of a hot seat here. What's, um, you get an unexpected free day or free afternoon. Okay. It's your time. Like everything's taken care of. Everybody's good. What are you going to go do? Oh, I'm, I'm going to read. Uh, I'm just going to sit down and, and read. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And people that have heard you talk are going, yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> okay. What's something that you're into? A lot of people around you aren't, so you get to fly your freak flag on this. Like, you know, I really geek out on this. This is really oh, man. good to me. Um, well, besides reading, right? Uh, yeah, for pleasure, not for not for work. Um, all right, I'll go deep here. Um, so I am, uh, I'm really into uh, like Norse mythology, but also uh, like history. Yeah. Uh, so I took a I took a class in law school on. Uh, uh, it's called Blood Feuds, and it was about medieval Iceland and their system of laws and their system of um, – well, yeah, I could go – I could describe it a little more. But that's basically it. It was really cool. It was about Vikings. You read sagas that were written you know, in, in the year 1000. Uh, and so wow. I, read, I read about that and I think about that uh, a lot because it's just like super fascinating. And that is probably not something that anybody else on the planet except the guy who teaches that class – uh, thinks about that much. Oh, okay. So two follow-up questions to that. One, have you seen the Viking show AMC did 
Now, you I know, didn't I, see I, the History Channel. Yeah, I haven't. I've seen it on uh, our little uh, Fire TV thing, and it's on my watch list, but I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it. It looks good. Oh, so the, the consensus is they did a solid job. I don't know enough to know that for sure. I know that I thought it was solid enough when I taught at Capitol. I actually played a clip of it to show them just teaching the concept of sacrifice and how this emerged all over the world in different societies. And, oh, know, cool. It's, it's, okay. I just am fascinated with not at the level that you would uh, – your knowledge level, but fascinated with, I think, the political ramifications of the mm-hmm. self-governance that – you know, you've got the Greeks wrestling with like, okay, what's the best way to govern? And they're like – Plato, I think, philosopher king. This is where it is. Republic is less than, you know, and, and just the way that the West has developed a, a political ideology, to see the Vikings the way that they self-governed, obviously violent. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, just the violent, violent but, with, but with this incredibly complex social hierarchy and uh, a system of actually assigning value to people and to things. And it, it's really, man, I tell you what, Welcome to uh, uh, Viking History Podcast with Chris and John. Uh, it's really, it's really cool. No, and it's it's a system of governance that arose outside of that sort of classical yes. philosophy yeah. sphere, and to see how that developed at the same time that a lot of these things in Rome and in Greece are happening, fascinating. Agree, one hundred percent. Okay, so here's my weird thought, and we'll have to close on this, or we'll go too far, but like you know, everything is in motion in a in a, in a project, if you will. I mean. History shows us that whatever we think is fixed will change. I had heard one time, no president is born under a flag he dies under. Or mm. he, he doesn't die under a flag he's born under something. Because it changes, right? And people think are like, oh, no, we've always sang the Star Spangled Banner yeah. since 1762. or you know. Um, and there was a futurist that was talking about, like, okay, the next 500 years, here's the possibilities of what the North American borders look like. Mm. And it's like, yeah, that's like, it was Kevin Kelly Wired Magazine. And I'm like, yeah, that's something that we have such a short viewpoint. We don't have a long form viewpoint. What if the ways that the world is governed now, and obviously I'm not, would never enact any of this. I'm not in a place to, don't want to, it's not my passion. But what if, you know, the Republic serves us well for this time period? And clearly the West has, with the process of individual rights, uh, served the world in such a beautiful way, has a ways to go to clean some things up. Um, but what if the future looks something more like, you know, uh, a distributed self-governing model? I don't know. That's too much weird <laughs> thoughts. Uh, but I just, you you flew your freak flag, and I responded with likewise an amount of freakiness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Okay, so any place uh, or anything else, John, you want to say to those listening? Man, uh, you know, I, I would say this. I would say that you're listening and you're engaging with this and you're you're taking in uh, what Chris is saying and, and some of these, you know, tools and philosophies that he's given you. And that's a huge step. And I think you should, anybody who's listening to this, number one, should congratulate themselves for making it through like 90 minutes of listening to me blather on. Uh, but you should also be, you should be proud of yourself for being willing to at least start a journey or start a process of, of questioning some assumptions about yourself. Uh, cause that's really hard and not a lot of people do it. And you may submit, you may be surrounded by people who, who talk the talk and, you know, oh yeah, they're, they're into mindfulness and they're doing these things, but very few people do the work. And so just by click and play, 
um, you've taken a big step. And I, I think we, we, as a, we all, you know, throughout this podcast, you know, even uh, as listening to myself say these things, we all can be self-critical and we all tend to um, self-deprecate on things that we're a little ashamed of that we shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't worry about. And so don't, you know, don't be self-conscious about wanting to look inwards and wanting to go through this journey and, and wanting to question some assumptions, figure out who you are, figure out what drives you. It's awesome. And it is beautiful and it is life-changing. And just showing a little bit of interest in it is a huge thing that should be commended. So even if you don't want to talk to your friends about what you're doing or, or publicly share, you know, that you're talking to Chris or listening to Chris's stuff or reading his books, um, I totally get it. Uh, we're all, so we can all be self-conscious about stuff, but, uh, you know, whoever you are, you should be proud of yourself. And I'm proud of you for, for doing it, for stepping up to the plate and, and being willing to do something that might be a little uncomfortable because the payoff is, is amazing. Dang. Dude, way to praise the effort because that's the idea. It's the effort and it's the starting. And man, thank you. Even And the words specifically about Sight Shift, so kind, man. That was awesome. Uh, any place that folks can engage you online if they wanted to connect more? Man, uh, I am on Twitter uh, way too much. <laughs> so that's probably a great place to find me. Um, Save you know, the crew, right? Save the crew, man. Yeah. yeah. Listen, that's another, that's a whole other. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm at John Weaver. Uh, you can reach out. Um, absolutely. I got time. Uh, I'll make time for people who have questions or, or, or who are going through any of the stuff I'm going through or any of the stuff I've been through. Uh, I, I, you know, I genuinely believe that we got to make time for each other. And if there's something that I can do that can help you, uh, I am, I'm happy to do it. Uh, I might have to start billing you hourly for it once it gets into the, uh, to the real stuff. Uh, <laughs> But man, if it's, uh, I'm always happy to meet people and, and I, I just, I love hearing what people are doing and what they're going through. Um, so yeah, I think Twitter is probably the best way to engage with me. I don't want to hand out, you know, uh, phone numbers and email addresses. That so, might be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hey, shoot me a tweet and we'll, uh, we'll chat. We'll grab a cup of coffee or something. I would love it. That's awesome. So that's at John Weaver, J O H N W E A V E R for folks that, uh, need that and um john thank you so much what a privilege to have you here and none of this is getting edited this is just the whole thing because i'm so excited for people to hear every word of this what a privilege uh thanks for listening folks we're glad you're here have an awesome day peace